listening to another episode of the Beulah Girl podcast. For links, related resources, and even more encouragement, visit BeulahGirl.com. Hey, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Beulah Girl podcast. We're here back at the Daily Grind in Marietta, so the ambient sounds of coffee and doors closing are just part of the atmosphere. So I'm here with my lovely co-host. I'm Susie Lolly. This is Carol Whitaker, and uh, she is the founder of BeulahGirl.com. So if you ever hear anything on the podcast, you're like, wait a minute, I want to slow that down. Uh, You can always go back and, and read it on the blog again, get the scripture references, take notes. Sometimes we have to go through really hard things, and we just can't give up because good character is going to be formed on the other side of that. Um, It reminds me of the Kelly Clarkson song, What Doesn't Kill You Makes You Stronger, which is not spiritual, but you know that all wisdom in the world actually God inspired anyway. So when things are wise or you're like, oh, that principle works, you're like, hmm, I wonder if that's biblical. So we're going to talk on a two-part series about kind of that theme that, you know, we're going to go through some hard things, but they're actually going to make us stronger. We're going to be talking about the word affliction. That's our vocabulary word for the evening. And so, Carol, let's talk about, first of all, what got the idea in your mind and your heart to talk about affliction. Right. So I I actually pray over kind of each month, and I kind of get certain words in my mind. And sometimes when I get an idea for an article, it's just a download of, like, ideas. And it's my favorite because I write it from start to finish, and it's just a few minutes. But sometimes I just get one word, or I I feel like I'm drawn to a certain passage, you know, in Scripture, and the word that one of the words for this month that I really felt I wanted to look deeper into was trials. So I wasn't really sure what direction I wanted to go. So I looked in a Bible dictionary um, just as a starting point. And it was funny, at least to me, I guess because I'm a, a former English teacher nerd. And the, when I looked up trials, it actually brought up like court system trials, like <laughs> Sanhedrin, the Jewish <laughs> yeah. court. Um, but I was like, okay, that's not the kind of trials I'm looking for. I really was looking to um, look into more the troubles that we face in life, the hard situations we go through as Christians. And so I had to kind of change up my search tactic and look up instead affliction. And it did yield me a better result. But there was just a passage of scripture from Psalm 119, and which is a very long, by the way. We're not going through the whole yes, thing. It is very long. We're just going to focus on a few little lines from it. But there's just this passage that was just really drawing me. And I want to just read it. And I I think personally that it is a beautiful passage, but it just says Psalm. um, Okay, so we're going to read 71 um, and also 75 and 76. It says, it was good for me to be afflicted so that I might learn your decrees. I know, Lord, that your laws are righteous and that in faithfulness you have afflicted me. May your unfailing love be my comfort according to your promise to your servant. And what i just want to take away from this and talk about today is just this idea it is not the easiest idea i'm just gonna say it's not the easiest um but it's this idea that sometimes god will allow affliction in our life um in order to teach us and instruct us that he uses affliction at times and there are so many reasons that we can suffer trials as christians and If you're listening to this, I don't know what situation you're in, but I do want to stress that there are so many reasons that we can encounter trials because um, we can encounter trials because of 
you know, of course, personal consequences for sin, but we can also encounter trials just as a result of living in our fallen world. Mm-hmm. And people, you know, other people's sin affects us or just just living in the world we live in. We can have, you know, harassment from Satan. Um, we can also just, you know, um, have affliction because we are living a Christian life and doing what we should, persecution for doing good. Yeah. And people don't like that. But there is this other situation sometimes in our life where we find ourselves in a situation where we think um you know why am i here and um sometimes that there are specific situations that are orchestrated where we can learn some things from our trials and that's what it's talking about in this song so that's kind of what we're focusing on in this episode and as we go into that i just wanted to say i want us to kind of set our mind on if you are a parent i'm not a parent but i have had parents (laughs) And sometimes I got a spanking from said parents. And what's so cool about the Lord is that he never does, even if he does bring discipline in our lives, which it does say chastises those he loves. I'm sure you're going to talk more about that. But, um, you know, every good parent who loves their kids, including God, our Heavenly Father, uh, there's some times when they have to, I don't know, pinch us on the leg <laughs> or spank our bottom. I don't know what your parents' tactic was. I've heard from several people, if they were acting up in church, they'd get a nice pinch on the leg. You know, I'm sure that's probably not allowed anymore. Um, but, you know, some kind of a discipline that didn't crush us, but it kind of redirected us, you know, like the bit and bridle that you'd pull on a horse. It's gently redirecting and saying, hey, don't go over there. And so as Carol talks about, you know, the ideas that we can take away from this psalm about you have afflicted me, and we're kind of like, oh, my gosh, that's not biblical. It's right there in the Bible. But also just know that the word affliction is not a beat down, soul crushing, Sodom and Gomorrah, you'll be turned into a pillar of salt, that kind of a thing. But a discipline is definitely biblical, and it's biblical that it sometimes comes from the Lord. So, Carol, talk about, you know, a couple lessons, and this is going to be a two-part series, so we're not going to get through everything on this episode, but just talk about a couple lessons that we can learn from, um, you know, from the scripture. Okay, so the first point from the scripture is affliction can teach us God's lessons. Um, What we should note from the psalm is that the writer of this psalm says that it's beneficial and good that he was afflicted, and we generally associate trouble in our life with bad. Mm -hmm. We say, okay, that's bad. Stay away from me. Mm -hmm. And we think to ourselves, okay, God is good, so he only allows good. And while, you know, God does bring good things in our life, that he can use the affliction in our life, that not that the trying events themselves are good, Mm -hmm. not that the problems or the relationship issue, not that that is good in in, and of itself, but he has a good outcome in mind that those events are going to bring in our life. Hebrews 12, 11 says, um, says kind of this concept that we're talking about related to the teaching, you know, affliction teaching us. It says, no discipline seems pleasant at the time, but painful. Later on, however, it produces a harvest of righteousness and peace for those who have been trained by it. So at just the right times, God will sometimes orchestrate a little heat in our life. He'll, he'll turn up the temp a little bit mm-hmm. to bring about a desired result. And that is not to crush us, like you said, but it's a certain decree, something he wants us to learn of his precepts, something about his character, something that is going to make us better going to make us more like Christ yeah and it's affliction that teaches us um, I when I was um, kind of studying to to do to do this message 
I came across the this commentary that was the, it's called the Treasury of David. It was put together by Charles Spurgeon, mm-hmm. so it's real old timey, which I love because <laughs> I'm love it. I'm yes. a Jane Austen fan, yes. a English teacher. you you know Susie Lolly, my great co-host, used to be an English teacher as well. But I want to read this quote. It was written um, back, you know, long ago. But it says, "Very little is to be learned without affliction. If we would be scholars, we must be sufferers, as the Latins say, experientia docet." experience teaches there is no royal road to learning the royal statutes um god's commands are best read by eyes wet with tears very powerful and um i like that you said you know things can't necessarily they can be taught and if if we could all only learn from our parents advice and our pastor's sermons what a wonderful world that would be or from of course the bible Sometimes there has to be a little um, affliction to cement that learning in our mind, I guess you could say. Um, what else would, you know, would we draw from this passage, you think? Well, I also want to say, too, that goes along with this, just in explaining that, that verse, is that what we learn through experience is mm-hmm. so much on such a different level than what we learn from just reading about something right so it's important to read the bible it's important to you know learn about god's commands in a sermon but when we actually walk through a first-hand life experience where that suddenly a scripture message comes alive and mm-hmm. we learn it through doing right then it's so much different than just reading about it and really that those experiences are just literally imprinted on us in a way that is different than just reading about it for instance if you you can read all day long about driving and mm-hmm. read every rule there is to know but yes. you get behind the wheel and it's a In little Atlanta. bit right it's yes. a little bit it's a little bit um different and it is painful to learn because god's lessons often come in hard packages um but but when we understand that it's that's how he's teaching us then it, it becomes a little bit um i think more bearable and um, i don't want to go into too much but you know i had this experience a few years ago where um god was really teaching me a lesson about trust he mm. was bringing me to a different i think level in my you know spiritual walk where i had read verses about trusting god but i didn't really know what it meant to trust god and he told me to go a different path. I've told this story numerous times, but just go a different path with my career and step away from teaching. And, you know, at the end, my last year teaching, just as I was packing up boxes and stuff, there were a few loose ends as I was cleaning out my desk that I felt like I was supposed to do. And there was a field trip fund of just a few dollars that I felt like I knew I needed to turn in, but it had been so, like, it. I had neglected to turn it in just out of just forgotten to do it and it had been there so so long that um i was afraid to turn that in because i was afraid of how they would think of me and what i didn't know at the time was that you know i was very much addicted to like having a good image and that was so important to me so i didn't know what to do i felt like god you know really wanted me to set that right and you know i've told this story before there was a couple just you know, go to my department head, turn and say, hey, you know, this this field trip money. And also just with my vocab, taking money for vocab books and things, I was just a disaster with just keeping up with everything. And so I just kind of went right past that. And there was a couple other nudges that I felt like after I left teaching, 
I was so focused on, okay, God's calling me to a new path. He's calling me to this opening this area of music that I didn't really think some of these other smaller nudges, like, you know, these t like loose ends he wanted me to type with my job were that important. And I went straight past him. And I found myself in some of the most difficult circumstances I've ever found myself in where um, God, you know, yes, I had been obedient as far as um, following him and, um, you know, following him down the path he was leading me. But it was very important that I also pay attention to those small little nudges and take care of those things. And I actually, you know, found myself in some very challenging situations where I felt like I was against a wall. Um, I couldn't seem to get anywhere in this new direction I was going. And when I prayed about it, all that came up were these little, you know, the popped up. <laughs> were these little foxes, yes, yes. that I hadn't um, taken care of. And so things got very challenging and I went through some very humiliating circumstances and I I just started obeying him and these little little things that seemed to have really didn't seem like that big of a deal to me yeah and there were a couple little things you know I won't get into the whole story now but it's like when I began to be obedient in those then God started really showing me that all those little nudges had to do with one particular area in my life which was an overall addiction to what people thought of me that it was so important that I had this good image at work that mm. I couldn't even confess to you know I was so fearful of what people thought and thought it had to be perfect all the time that if I even confessed to mismanaging money I thought they would think I was you know a thief or I was a poor teacher or, you know yeah. all these things and it didn't matter because the right thing to do was to make that right you know what yeah. I'm saying so he used that situation of um me just going through some circumstances and not being really able to succeed in this area I was trying to be successful in because um, until I just got on board with what he wanted me to do. Absolutely. Um, and not only does, you know, affliction teach us God's lessons, but you talk about here how affliction also kind of sets a precedent for us to obey in future situations. Um, so let's talk about that. Right. So not only does it affliction teach us what God wants us in the moment. Like, for instance, that story I was telling you, he literally, like, literally, Susie, I was reading a Joyce Meyer devotional, and there was this phrase, addiction to approval. And mm -hmm. it was almost like it raised off the page. <laughs> and I was like, oh, that's odd. And then I thought, oh, no, that's nothing. Yeah. And then the very next day, I saw the very exact same phrase, and it was like, but it was during this process of me trying to pursue this one course and just sort of ignoring these smaller nudges I was but God told me he taught me through this really humiliating experience I went through like you are addicted to approval and then I read Joyce Meyer's book she's written a whole book on it yeah and it was like she described me exactly because mm. she you know has been that but he really used that moment but it encourages not not only does it teach us something in the moment but it encourages us to really value the word of God and really um, press in and learn what we can because we remember those moments where we maybe blazed past what those little nudges God was trying to teach us or we weren't really in the word and all of a sudden we start viewing the scripture as a lifeline like we want to learn as much as we can and we want to know God's you know lessons so that we don't necessarily have to learn them in a painful way I do want to say that we can't avoid every challenging circumstance um, 
by just, you know, trying to learn everything in the Bible. I mean, right. trials are still going to come our way. Right. We are still going to have things happen for through no fault of our own. Right. Even from doing good. Right. We're going to still have trials that come. But let's say that we have a past lesson. For instance, my lesson was really in approval. Now I still struggle a lot with um, boundaries with people. And I could kind of, but I have a better sense now where I can kind of feel now where, okay, I've had this really painful lesson in the past about trusting God and not being addicted to others' approval. Now when situations come up where I might start people-pleasing or start worrying more about my image than doing the right thing, I can remember, okay, remember that pain of having to go back to my job after I left and getting some <laughs> things right? That was not fun. I don't want to go around this no, again. No, no. So it encourages me to try to stay on the straight and narrow, Yeah. try to learn what I can and not blaze past those things that God's telling me. Because, the warning signs. Yeah. yeah absolutely. Um, and... I love the story you tell, and I'll just kind of recap, and they can go read it further in the blog. But you talk about, you know, when you were observing, you were going to be a teacher, and you had to observe at a middle school, and there was this mama going to school with her kid every day. And I used to I used to have mamas threaten to do that. I think there's like a certain amount of time that they're allowed to observe. I think it's six hours once a quarter is really the rule now. But anyway, um, I love what you said because you said, you know, she loved her son so much. She did not care if he was humiliated temporarily. Because she knew that this is what it took to set her kid on, on the path. And if you guys watched that video, not to get political here at all, there were some, um, you know, the Baltimore riots that happened. I think it was last year. And you saw the one mama on video. Her son had joined the riots. She's like, what are you doing out here? And she's on the video, on camera, beating him with a shoe. Like, you, this is not <laughs> you. I don't care what your opinion is. You're not going to be rioting in the street. And this mama's beating this big old boy with a shoe, regardless of whether you thought the riots were good or not. That's not the point. That mama did not care if that embarrassed her son. She thought that was going to be good for his character. That's the way God is with us. There are going to be some things like what you talked about. I just... The whole time I'm putting myself in your perspective of having to go back after you've had this field trip money for a year, however long you had it, I don't know. Well, it was in my desk. I just yes. left it there. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> You're like, <laughs> just so you know, I didn't like, take it with me. Send a messenger uh, pigeon. No, I didn't think you took it, but send a messenger pigeon and say, oh, you can go back to such and such desk and don't sign the note or anything. But I just can imagine <laughs> having to go back, and I've definitely had to make things right in my life. And that brought some humiliation, but it also brought some character development. So yeah. we are going to continue this conversation in, next week in the blog and on the podcast, but give us some, um, some words of wisdom as we, as we conclude for tonight. Right. So for those of you who haven't read the article, um, what Susie's talking about is there, if you weren't able to get the gist of it, is that when I was student, before I student taught, I had to observe in a middle school and there was a mom who was sitting beside her, behind her son for a few days and I went up to the teacher and I said what is the mom doing in class <laughs> in this middle school and she said oh her son's been acting up his grades have been slipping he's been getting an attitude and she said okay if this is how you're gonna you know none of her tactics were she said okay I'm coming to school with you until <laughs> some of this improves and she sat right behind him followed him around and you could just see just the crimson shame and she didn't even say anything right but just you know and I just talk about how, again, what you're talking about is this mama said, no way. Yeah. I'm not letting you destroy yourself. Yeah. I'm not letting you, because this 13, 14-year-old boy thought he was probably being pretty cool. 
I said, no way. I'm not letting you do this because I know better. And yeah, I might have to embarrass you in front of your friends, but I care about, you know, you having a future, you learning what you need to know, you not letting yourself um, slide into these destructive habits. And God does the same with us. He will sometimes let us fall into some very challenging circumstances when we choose to go our own way, but he doesn't leave us there. It's not like, well... He doesn't crush us. No. Yeah. He uses those experiences, if we let him, to give us a desire and zeal to know his word and and his precepts and to also turn to him, which is what I really um, hope that those of you listening to this will tune in to the next one as well because we're really going to be focusing on is this idea of when we get in these really rough situations, we want to get mad. We are mad. We're furious. But when we're in these situations... Um, the importance of turning to God and why we can still trust a God who allows affliction. Just the idea that the reasons that he does it is for our good, but also come out of his perfect character, which we're going to be talking about as well. So we can trust whatever he sends in our life. Um, So I I just want to leave us with a really kind of inspirational kind of quote. And um, this is from... Albert Barnes, he's a theologian and he was a minister, but he says, afflictions are among the most precious means of grace. They are entirely under the direction of God. They may be endlessly varied and adapted to the case of every individual. Among those things for which good men have most occasion for thankfulness are afflictions. And when we lie down on the bed of death and look over life and the divine dealings with us through life, as the glories of heaven are about to open open to us, we shall feel that among the chiefest mercies of God, are those dealings of his holy hand trying at the time which kept us from going astray Mm -hmm. okay or which recalled us when we had wandered from him and that in our life now closing there has not been one trial too much i love the way people wrote whenever he was writing you can tell it wasn't recently but how beautiful how beautiful um let's just close in prayer God, we love you. We thank you, Jesus, that we will look back one day in our lives and say, you know what? This was really hard. I know that my husband and I have been going through some really hard things. But as I'm even in the middle of them, I'm trying to have perspective and say, God, I know I'm going to look back on this and say there were things that I only could have learned through trial. There will be advice one day that I only can give because I've been there. I know Carol feels the same way about things that she's gone through. God, there are some places we can only get by trial and by affliction. And thank you, God, that you love us too much to let us avoid that. Um, I just pray, Lord, that you would allow people to have an open heart about this topic, God, not to take it the wrong way, to come back you know, for the next episode if they're unclear exactly what we're talking about. Is God a harsh God? Absolutely not. He's a, But he is a God that has a Father's hand and will we'll use that as he needs to to guide us or redirect us and to pull us back to him. We love you, Jesus. We thank you for who you are, God. And we just ask you, God, that in all our afflictions, we would somehow find a way to be thankful for that. In Jesus' name, amen.